If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you, and what a special Erev Shabbos it is. Not only the Parsha of Pinchas that we'll soon talk about, but it's also Shabbos Mevorchem. We bless the new month, the new month of Menachem Av, the month of Menachem Av, which on the one hand ushers in the nine days, the nine days of sadness when we remember, commemorate destruction not only of the first, but of the second Beit HaMikdash, the second temple as well, the exile of the people. And we have to understand how is it that when we commemorate the destruction of both temples, the month in which we do that is called Menachem of, Menachem of course meaning the month of consolation, consoling the Father. And how is that connected to the Parsha of this week, the Parsha of Pinchas, which is almost always read during this time of the year, very close to the month of Menachem, of during which time we talk about these ideas, destruction of the temple, exile of the people, sending the people into a state of darkness, away from their home, away from the divine light of holiness and into a state of galut, exile, away from godliness. And how do we reconcile all of that with the experiences of that which we're going through? And let me remind everybody, there is a raging epidemic out there. I hope everyone is being super careful, super vigilant. I hope everyone is truly taking care in the fullest sense of the word. If you haven't as of yet been vaccinated and you are eligible, make sure that you do get vaccinated. It is vital and it works and it protects one against the more severe dimensions of this terrible, terrible COVID epidemic. Be careful. Make sure that you follow all the protocols of that which is necessary with masks, social distancing, the washing, etc., etc., etc. This third wave is relentless. This Delta version of the COVID epidemic is something which has hit our community severely, and we have to act accordingly. I appeal to each and every one of you to do so in the fullest sense of the word. Back to the Parsha of Pinchas, back to the story of the month of, of the early days of Av, leading up to Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, when we commemorate the destruction of the Temple, more of which we'll talk about next week. But at least we are celebrating Shabbos Mevorachim, the Shabbos when we bless the new month of Av. We have to stop and consider, reflect upon what in fact is taking place the relationship between the idea of exile and the idea of consolation, the idea of destruction and the idea of consolation. What is Pinchas all about? Pinchas is a continuation of the end of last week's part. So the Jewish people have camped at a place called Shittim and they began to behave badly. They weren't aware of what was taking place 
high up on the cliffs, high up on the hills, where Bilaam and Bullock were plotting against the Jewish people, trying to curse them. But, of course, with the protection of God, despite the best efforts of Bullock and Bilaam, instead of cursing the Jews, they blessed the Jews. But Bilaam turns to Bullock and he says, you cannot destroy this people, for they are spiritually protected by God himself. The only people who could destroy the Jewish people ultimately are the Jewish people themselves. And therefore, if you weaken them spiritually, if you allow them to weaken themselves from within, they will lose the protection of God. And therefore, they will crumble, you will overwhelm them. And this is precisely what Bullock does. Instead of attacking them with a strong military force, which he knows will be futile because God will protect them, what he does is he exposes his community and he welcomes the Jewish people into his community and therefore begins to influence them with the immoral behavior of his community and he exposes them to the idolatry of the people of Midian and of Moab as well. The Jewish people begin to behave in an idolatrous, immoral sort of way and God becomes angry. And on top of all of that, one of the leaders of the tribes, the leader of the tribe of Shimon, a man by the name of Zimri publicly begins to behave in the most shameful, disgraceful way. And there is a man, Pinchas. Pinchas, who is a grandson of Aaron, the high priest, the son of Eleazar, priest. He himself, Pinchas, is not a priest because he was born before the priests were appointed. He's outraged at this public demonstration of immoral behavior. And he comes running to Moshe. And he says to Moshe, look at this disgusting behavior. Something must be done. He appeals to Moshe as the leader of the Jewish people to do something to indicate that this type of public shameful behavior must be stopped. What does Moshe do? Moshe turns to Pinchas and he says the famous words, which is Aramaic for the one who reads the letter, let him take the action himself. He turns to Pinchas and he says to him, you are so angry, you are so outraged, you do something about it. And Pinchas does just that. He takes a lance and he attacks Zimri, and he puts him to death. A story of great courage, a story of great heroism. But the people of the tribe of Shimon are outraged as well. How dare you attack our leader? Instead of seeing this as a tremendous demonstration of protecting the name of God, of standing up in order to ensure that the Jewish people don't fall further into the pit of idolatrous immoral behavior, they see this as an attack upon their leader. And how does our Parsha open up this week? God speaks to Moshe, and he says, Pinchas, the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron the priest, he caused my anger against the Jewish people to be softened. He turned it away because he avenged me among the people. 
and therefore tell the Israelites, tell the Jewish people that I give him as a gift my covenant of peace. He will become a priest. A tremendous story where God himself intervenes and he says to Moshe, tell the people that what Pinchas did was not only something to promote his own glory, it wasn't something in order to show his own greatness, but something to demonstrate the holiness of God, the necessity to act decisively. And therefore, instead of an act of violence, this was an act which ultimately brings about the reward of great peace. British Shalom, my covenant of peace, he will become a priest, one who represents peace, one who represents love. This is how the Parsha begins. And it's a story which is difficult to understand. Why did Moshe not do something himself? Why does he turn to Pinchas and say, if you are outraged, you do something about it? Why, in fact, is Pinchas so outraged? What is the story all about? What is the lesson that we must learn from this story? And why is this story always read to us at this particular time of the year when we remember the destruction of the first and second temple when the Jewish people were taken into exile? What is the story really all about? Is it the story of telling us about the greatness of Pinchas, that once upon a time there was a grandson of Aaron who did something extraordinary? No, it's there to tell us something quite powerful in terms of how we have to develop a sense of courage. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Pinchas, what happened? He comes running to Moshe and he tells Moshe that he is outraged with what this prince of the tribe of Shimon is doing. And instead of Moshe taking the lead and doing something, Moshe turns to Pinchas and he says, you're angry, you're outraged, you're upset, you do something about it. What was taking place? Moshe is telling Pinchas, yes, leaders must in fact lead. And when something is wrong within a community, a society, a family, any type of social situation, one of the great responsibility of leaders is to act and to act decisively. But sometimes individuals have to act in a heroic fashion. Sometimes an individual must display courage of conviction. Sometimes an individual must become a hero. From time to time, we are outraged at things that we see, at things that we experience, at things that people do that shock us, that annoy us, that tell us this is wrong, this is unacceptable, this is not the way people should behave, this is something that will hurt our society, this is something that will hurt our community, this is something that will have a terribly negative effect upon the people who are living within this group. And we turn to others and we shout and we scream and we vociferously express our anger, our outrage, our displeasure. 
But sometimes we have to look at ourselves and say, what can we do about this situation? What can we do in order to correct the situation, to turn it around, to in fact bring about a situation that will transform this negativity into something that is positive and something that is good. How can we do something? And while, of course, most people, well, either can't or won't become heroes, either because they're afraid to become heroes, or they don't want to interfere with their, well, place of comfort, positions of comfort, areas of comfort. Many people, in fact, most people, want to be fence-sitters. Most people say, don't involve me. Don't ask me to do something which is far too difficult for me to do. And in most instances, people aren't called upon to act in a heroic sort of way. But from time to time, yes, we are asked to rise to the situation, to in fact step up and do something which is far beyond our normal mode of behavior. From time to time we are called upon to act in a way which demonstrates to ourselves and to others that we are prepared to do something which indicates a degree, to a lesser or greater, but a degree of courage. Because we all possess within ourselves that element of courage and sometimes it has to be expressed. What Moshe is doing is precisely acting as a leader. Because Moshe in his infinite wisdom understands when he has to act and when he has to call upon others to act. And he sees within Pinchas that dimension of opportunity that now is a moment for Pinchas to rise to the occasion and for him to become the symbol of the hero, for him to do something which is extraordinary, for him to rise to the moment and to do something which will indicate to all of Israel, all the Jewish people, what's taking place is wrong, disgraceful, immoral. And in that heroic act, not only will he turn the tide and bring the Jewish people back to a dimension of holiness, but in actual fact, he will calm the anger of God, so to speak. He will bring about a tremendous sense of forgiveness at a much higher level. He will bring about change, not only among the people, but he'll bring about change in the higher realms as well. This is a tremendous level of great leadership to recognize in someone else when someone else has that ability, when the moment comes for someone else to rise to the occasion. As parents, as teachers, as friends, we often see in others a moment when they can do something that will change their lives, yes, it will also be a symbol for others and change many other lives as well. But they need the encouragement. They need to be pushed. They need to be told, yes, you can do something great. Pinchas is a man of tremendous, tremendous spiritual greatness. 
Pinchas is a man who sees something, and what he sees angers him. It angers him because he's an individual who is loyal and dedicated to the word of Hashem and the law of God. And what he sees is the disgraceful actions of a prince of Israel, a leader of the Jewish people. And he says to himself, this cannot be. But he knows he's only an individual himself. And Moshe is the leader. So he runs to Moshe. But Moshe sees now is the moment for Pinchas to rise to the occasion, for Pinchas to step up, for Pinchas to become the individual that he is. And how does Hashem respond to all of this? Hashem says, because Pinchas rose to the occasion, I will give him a gift which is extraordinary. Not only will I thank him, I will transform him to a level that normally cannot be achieved by any individual. I will make him a Kohen. You can't become a Kohen. You're either born a Kohen or you're not born a Kohen. But you can't become, you can become wiser, you can become richer, you can become stronger, but you can't become a Kohen. You're either born a Kohen or a Levi or an Israelite. What does Hashem say? I will elevate him to an entirely different level because he showed such courage, because he rose to the level of tremendous selflessness. I will take him to a higher level and bring him to a dimension of greatness, which under normal circumstances, the greatest of human beings can't achieve on their own. And this is something that we have to learn from. This is something that we have to understand. When we display greatness, what happens to us is that we are rewarded with greatness as well. And what is greatness? Greatness means it takes us to a level which is far beyond our own abilities. It takes us to a level which is far beyond our normal reach. It's important for us to understand what this really means. When we do something great, and doing something great doesn't necessarily mean an act of self-sacrifice as did Pinchas. Doing something great means stepping out of our comfort zone, doing something that we normally don't do. If we're outraged about something, to do something which indicates that we are truly, truly upset about the situation and to do something. To move away from our place that we normally function in and with and to do something which is different. This is what we have to do. We as human beings are often caught in a rut of well-accepted behavior. What will others think and what will others say? And how can I dare put myself at risk if I move away from that which I'm accustomed to, from that which is, in fact, comfortable for me? But there comes moments in life when we have to do just that. And we shouldn't be afraid of what others will say or how others might think. How often do I hear when we speak about elevating levels of Yiddishkeit, people are ashamed because what do my friends think? They will laugh at me. Oh, you've become a frummy as well, have you? Oh, you've become that type of individual, 
have you, as if it is a badge of shame. Instead of seeing it as a badge of honor, instead of seeing it as a demonstration of accepting upon oneself the word of God, the commandment of God, of becoming a symbol, a messenger of that which what God wants to implement in the world, people feel ashamed. That becomes a heroic act when it's done. And this is something which we have to actually do and say. The courage to say something at the right moment. Of course it mustn't be harsh. Of course we mustn't become busybodies. Of course we mustn't become judgmental creatures who actually annoy people all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But there also has to be the courage of standing up and saying something at the right time. People who are close to us. A parent to a child, a teacher to a pupil, a friend to a friend, a person within a group. From time to time, in a non-judgmental and in a non-harsh way, in a loving but concerned tone to say, this is not right, this is not correct. To stand up and to courageously point out that this type of behavior is shameful, is disgraceful, is unacceptable. To allow oneself to become a symbol of courage and to have the courage of one's convictions. And even though we won't necessarily have God coming down and saying, Hurrah, well done, bravo. I'm going to give you this wonderful gift. But within a deeper level, Hashem will show His incredible appreciation. And when we do something like that, we are elevated to higher levels. We are elevated to levels of greatness. We are elevated to levels of beyond that which we are normally functioning in and with. This is what Pinchas teaches us. Pinchas teaches us not only it's a story of courage and heroic behavior, it's a story of recognizing deeper strengths that we possess, that we have the ability of doing something which changes lives, our own and the lives of other in an extraordinary sort of way. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Menachem Av, translated simply means to console the Father. To console the Father. We turn to the Father, our Father in Heaven, of Arachamim, the Father of great consolation, and we ask Him to console us at this time of the year. After all, we lost the temple, the first and second, the first Beit HaMikdash and the second Beit HaMikdash. And we were driven into exile, first by the Babylonians, then by the Romans. An exile of darkness, an exile of geographic and spiritual distance. And we turn to Hashem every single day and we ask for consolation, we ask for healing, we ask to return. And yet the month is cold, Menachem Av. Menachem means to console the Father. The Father should be consoling us. Why do we speak about consoling the Father? Our Kabbalists talk about Shechinta Bigaluta. 
that in a sense God himself is an exile as well. What does it mean that God himself is an exile? On the one hand, it indicates that God didn't drive us into exile and leave us to our, well, our own means. But God says painfully, I will send you into exile because that is the way that you will in fact transform the negativity that you've created and you will return to a state of holiness and rebuilding. But Hashem also says, not only am I with you, but I am giving you the opportunity of doing something extraordinary. And what is that? I'm giving you, a human being, the opportunity of consoling me, God, creator of heaven and earth, the infinite God. I'm giving you, finite man, a human being, the ability, the opportunity, the strength of consoling me. This is what Hashem says. And in so doing, when you console God, you bring about a tremendous degree of consolation which reflects upon the people and it brings consolation to each and every one of us. Yes, there is the appeal that we make to God that He consoles us. But when we, in a sense, console Him, He, in turn, brings about a far higher degree of consolation. This is an act of great heroic courage to console God, to recognize on the one hand that we are small human beings, yet we are able to do extraordinarily great acts to console Hashem himself. And to console Hashem, how do we console Hashem? What do we do? We say a prayer. How do we console Hashem? The way we console Hashem is by doing things that indicate we are, in fact, concerned about the darkness that the Shekhinah is in. And the darkness that the Shekhinah is in is as a result of the fact that the holiness, the divine light, cannot shine in its fullness. But when we do things that brings about the radiance of godliness and the divine light within the darkness of the exile, this is our act of consoling God himself. But this is something which is extraordinary, and this is something which takes tremendous strength and tremendous courage. Because as mentioned before, we go along in life based upon that which we're accustomed to. But when we do something extraordinary, we do something which is beyond our normal mode of behavior, when we do something which brings light into the darkness of exile of Galut, when we console God, when we actually have the courage of standing up and doing something great, what Hashem does in his act of personal consolation, is reflect that consolation into the darkness of the exile, into each and every one of us. This is what this month is all about. This is the story of Pinchas. Pinchas does something extraordinary. What does God give him? Gives him the gift of eternal covenant of peace. He becomes a coin. When we do an act of courage, of consoling God, of bringing light into the darkness, of doing something extraordinary, of breaking the shackles of the exile by showing 
the holiness that is contained within, this is something that brings about redemption, return, rebuilding. This is what the three weeks, and particularly the nine days, is all about. So schools are closed, and you're home tomorrow. And probably have a bit extra time to read the Parsha, to study the Parsha, to reflect upon the Parsha, to read it with a bit more depth. You don't have to go quickly through as the reader, as the Balkora reads. You can go through it at your own pace. Listen to the story of Pinchas. Listen to the rest of the Parsha, the daughters of Tzalachad. Listen to the rest of the Parsha, some interesting, beautiful concepts within the Parsha. Remember that this is a month that you have the power, not only to elevate the week through the Parsha, through the Shabbos, but you have the power to elevate the entire month. What's the month? The month is Menachem Av. What is Av? On the one hand, Av is a time that ushers in days of sadness. It's also the time that we can console God. We can do something which is heroic, courageous. We can bring a consolation into the divine. And this reflects through God himself into the darkness of the exile and brings consolation to each and every one of us. We live in a time where we need great healing. We need in a time that we need great revealed miracles. We need live in a time where more than any other, we need the revelation of Mashiach. We have to do extraordinary acts. We, in our own lives, have to become a Pinchas. We have to stand up and console God and bring about change. Good Shabbos and good Chodesh.